Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Welcome, 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 everybody. You are live with Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I'm going to be joined shortly by my phenomenal co-host, Miss Leisha. You know, she's doing a little bit of traveling today, so she's going to be pulling up into the chat room in a little bit. But we're excited to have you guys join us tonight. We have a great show on tap. And, uh, you know, Lisa always comes up with these fabulous topics. Tonight's topic is grabbing and holding the reader. You know, that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart because I am an avid reader, and I love books that grab my attention and just don't want me to let it go until I'm finished. And sometimes even when I'm finished, I'll be wanting more. So I'm going to be interested to see what I guess and hear what I guess have to say about how they grab and hold on to their readers and uh and get that feedback from from the authors. So but while Alicia is uh getting ready to come into the chat room, I'm gonna go ahead and do some house cleaning or housework or however you wanna do we even say pay the bills. Now here on this chat, we celebrate literature the royal way. No matter no matter what the genre may be, our show is allows all avid readers as well as authors to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. And here in the chat room, we love getting the feel of an author or artist's passion and know why they do what they do. You know, because we don't just have authors on this chat. We've had a slew of, of, of great people on the, on the show. We've had musicians, we've had publishers, we've had rappers, we've had politicians, we've had lawyers. Anything to do with our community, they've pretty much gone through the doors of the chat room here on Let's Chat with me, Alicia, and and it's been a great learning experience as well. Now, just to give you a few of the 
books that we do recommend that uh, we like to share with our listeners. First of all, let me just backtrack. You know, we have a sponsor of our show, Peter Mac, and his pen is phenomenal. You want to talk about grabbing and holding the reader? Peter Mac does just that. I just finished part three of his series, Affiliated. Man, that man can write. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is one of our, he is our sponsor here on Let's Chat. And if you haven't read anything by Peter Mac, please head on over to his page, which is PeterMacPresents.com, and pick up anything with his signature name on it, and you will not be disappointed. And he also has a signature apparel line out that uh, he has started. So check him out. Follow him on Facebook, Peter Mac. And I think he's on Twitter at Silk as Filthy, which is one of his his phenomenal books. Another one of my great reads by Mr. Mac. We're actually going to have him on the show next Friday. Man, next Friday is going to be our last show of the year, and we're going to go out with a bang. Our theme is the BDSM, and uh, as Lisa likes to say, make me beat me and pull my hair. <laughs> I love when she says that. So make sure you guys tune in to next Friday's show with Peter Mac, me and Lisa. We're going to have one more on that night. So we're going to close out our year pretty much with a bang. Now, in addition to those reads, you know, Lisa has a great event coming up in March, March 4th and 5th to be exact. She has a, a, a great, great lineup of of authors that are going to be having kind of much like a lunch with your favorite author. You're going to be able to sit down and have lunch, and I think it's going to be a a number of 10, I want to say 10 authors that are going to be participating in this event. And she's also going to have uh, Victoria Christopher Murray give a workshop on Sunday, one of her workshops. And if you haven't gone to a Victoria Christopher Murray workshop, man, you are in for a treat. Lisa and I actually took her editing class. It was a four-week class, and we could have gone on indefinitely because she has such a passion for teaching. And, and when she teaches, you can you just grab onto it and just want more and more and more. So she's going to be having a Writers Pro Workshop on Sunday, March 5th. So make sure you pick up your tickets. And Alicia does have an early bird special going on until the end of the year. I believe January 1st is the last day to pick up those early bird tickets. And it's going to be held at the hotel. Everything is going to be held at the hotel, so that makes commuting easy. And I'm just pulling up that information so I can share it with you guys. And uh, among those people that are going to be at the table is Victoria Christopher Murray, Christopher Murray, Q. Young, Felicia Hamilton. She's she's just awesome. She's awesome. I love her passion. Travis Cure. He is going to be the host, and Felicia is going to be the keynote speaker. We have Terry Branch, Julie Jaldon. Sharon Bennett, Blake Carrington. So she has a slew of great people to come and have lunch. It's called the Divas Luncheon and Literature Eat and Greet with these featured authors. So make sure you grab your tickets. You can check it out at eventbrite.com. You can check on my page, Tony Trainer Franklin, as well as Risha's page, and uh, get all that uh, 
information so that you can register and be in attendance. I got my tickets. We have a great lineup tonight. I think our first guest, Mr. Philip Berrien, and I want to say it's pronounced Berrien, but, you know, here on Let's Chat, we just jack up a name. So if I did jack that up, I apologize in advance, <laughs> and I'm going to bring him in momentarily so he can tell me how to say it, and we can get to know Mr. Berrien and see what his passion is and how he feels about grabbing and holding the reader. So we're going to take a quick break. Excuse me, we're going to play Bebo's single. Yeah, Bebo actually sings. He's not just an author, he sings too. So right after this musical break, we're going to bring in Philip and get to know him a little bit better. So please hold on as we play Mr. Bebo's song. We'll be right back. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my Bonnie, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got her mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in hills, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Block. Pump like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever Think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife. So all them shots be misses, bitch. Get you a life. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on, one line at a time. One snore, she gone. Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on, one line at a time. One snore, she gone. Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. How you doing, love? What's your name, number, and son? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The poor taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone
everybody. Yes, that was Ari Bebo with the Keys to Bolivia. I love that song. We have been blessed to have such a, a, a great library of music. Uh, and here's just one of them right at the top of the list. Now, before the break, I told you guys we were going to bring in Mr. Philip. I'm going to call him Philip B. Uh, until he tells me how to pronounce his name. So if you're ready, Philip, press your one, and I'll bring you on into the chat room so we can chat it on up and get to know one another until Miss Alicia gets into the chat room. I see you in the queue. So just press your one and let me know that you're ready. you got your chair all situated. And uh, you ready to join me? Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> Hi, Philip. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, no problem. Where there, hey, wherever there's music, there's a beat. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. So I'm not sure if you heard. You know, I, we we on here. Let's chat. We can jack up a name, and I apologize if I pronounce it wrong. But can you please introduce yourself properly? Sure, sure. Um, I'm Mr. Uh, Philip Berrien, and I like what you said earlier, Philip B. And the B stands for Bold, beautiful, and black. And black is beautiful. Oh, all right, now. You're coming up in the chat room getting me to sit up all straight and whatnot. <laughs> 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 well, once again, my name is Tony, and you guys are listening to Let's Chat. And we have Mr. Philip B. on the line. And, Philip, can you just, you know, let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and your journey and what drives you? Oh, sure, sure. First of all, I want to say thank you so much, um, I have to call you Miss Teen. The Teen name stands for terrific, because that's who you are, terrific. And I want to say Aww. thank you once again for having me on. And like I said again, you know, just listening to your intro, you know, it's just you're like a ball. You're, you're like a ball of electricity, and it's like electricity travels in the speed of light. And I have to say that you are awesome, and your um your co-host is awesome too in her absence. So she's um. She's probably not here in, in flesh, but she's hearing spirits. So I know she's somewhere out there listening. Yes, she is. She will be joining us shortly. You know, once she gets off the plane and uh, uh, gets situated, she's going to be joining us here in the chat room. So, Phil, tell us about your work. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Oh, sure, sure. Um, as I said, I'm Mr. Uh, Philip Berry, and I was um, born in New York City, but I reside here in Valdosta, uh, Georgia. And, uh, you know, my journey has really, really been a fascinating one because, you know, I've written, um, you know, 25 books. And I got my first one actually published, which is called The um, the Testimonial, Much True Greatness. And what, what made me do the book is that, um, you know, I've always told us a lot of authors that as writers, musicians, or actors, you really, really have to be, as I say, compassionate about something. You really have to be motivated. You really, really have to be in tune to the gift that God has given you. And, my whole passion is really, really writing for people in general because we have a lot of people out there who has potential to really, really do great things, but some of them don't really, really know how to tap into that gift. So I, I really, really believe as me being, you know, a writer, that I really, really try to equip, you know, people, you know, with the word of God and the word of encouragement, that, that way they'll be able to look at what's presented to them and they say, okay, I, I see what he's getting. You know, he's really, really you know, speaking to me. So that's mostly my passion, to really, really, you know, speak for those little worry-wise, for those who can't speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's powerful. And you say you have 25 books out? Oh, my goodness. 
Well, I've written 25 books and my first one. Well, I've written 25 books and my first one published. Oh, okay, okay. I misunderstood. Okay, now tell me a little bit, like, what genre would you say you, you your pen resides in? Well, you know, um, see, when you say genre, you know, see, to me, it's really, really no type of genre, but I really, really believe that, um, you know, when you're writing, you're mostly writing, um, you know, things that you see, things that you feel, things that you um, experience. And I will say, like, mm-hmm. uh, my genre, you know, my genre is like a, a combination of, the, of, the, of all of the above. And the reason why I say it is because I just don't focus on one theme. I focus on, I focus mostly on other themes, you know, things that mm-hmm. really attract my attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can, I can understand that. Now, you've written and you've published your first one. Now, since you've um, only just recently published, I'm, I'm going to assume not too long ago, am I right? It's a beautiful book, I'm sure. It sounds like you write beautiful books. But what was going on in Philip's world that made him decide to finally publish that first book? Well, you know, see, what really, really made me do it is, um, you know, and I take you through the word of God. Um, what really, really inspired me is I was reading the um the story of um of Moses, the story of, of uh, Moses that led the children of Israel from Egypt to the Promised Land. And as I was beginning to um to read a story, you know, after you know he did all that God wanted him to do, and after Moses, I got the children to the Promised Land. How you know they activated mm-hmm. him and all because of his disobedience, he really, really can go into the Promised Land. So when he went up to the mountain, the Lord had gave him the Ten Commandments by giving the children of Israel. And the reason why that was important because the children of Israel had had to know that God has not forgotten about them and how he was really, really the one who really, really brought them from where they, had, where they were to where they are now. And with mm-hmm. that being said, you know, I really, I'm not saying like I'm like the Moses because Moses was a deliverer, but, you know, I really, really wanted to try to deliver people from depression, deliver people from hurt, you know, molestation, drugs, whatever the case may be, through my words of writing, because we all know that words have power. So that, so that's oh, what yeah. really, really drove me to really, really, you know, write on people's behalf, because, you know, we have a lot of people that nowadays is really, really hurting, and they really don't have no one that's really, really can speak for them. So I really, really wanted to take up this responsibility by really, really sharing you know, the words of what God has given me to give them, just like he did with Moses, but he had to let them all know that, you know, I'm the one that got you from where you at, where, where you went to work to where you are now. And, you know, again, as us being, you know, authors, we really, really have to be persistent in what we're trying to do because, you know, and, and, I, and, and I think, you know, as an artist, you really, really want to try to connect to people the best way you know how, because mostly what, readers are looking for. And I think you opened up your segment earlier where you talked about, um, I think you said something about um, grab, a, grab a reader or grab a book, whatever the case uh-huh. may be. And, 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 and that's uh-huh. something that we all you know, really have to do. And, and that's what really, really drove me to, you know, doing this book because I know that someone out there really needed to have this, you know, word. That way they'll be able to take the word, embrace it, and, and grow with it. Mm-hmm. That's powerful what you just said. And, you know, you say you read, you, you, you study the word, the story of Moses, and uh, as well as the children of Israel. And, and one of your driving passions is writing for the people, like you said, and, and for those that don't know how to tap into, into their gifts. 
But do you think that your journey through the Bible kind of planted that seed or through your 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 spiritual self kind of planted that seed in the direction that your your pen has gone? Oh, absolutely, because believe it or not, you know, before, you know, books actually was written, you know, the, the, the Bible was actually the first book that really, really started it all, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. And where, where do you see yourself um, going with this? I mean, do you feel that this is there's some longevity in it? Is it something that you think you can continue to do? Or have you just kind of fulfilled that that passion to get that first book out? Will we be seeing more with your name on the spine of a book? Well, you know, like I said again to you, I really, really see myself and continuously doing what I'm doing, though, because um, with 25 books, which, you know, I had the pleasure of, you know, Ronnie, I really, really want to try to continuously give, you know, readers the seed of hope because, you know, like I've always said, you know, me and my mom, we had a talk last night. We were talking about how we're all living in what I call the last and the evil days, and people just don't really, really know who to turn to, who to talk to, where to get advice mm-hmm. from. So I really, really want to try to continuously to give, you know, readers, you know, those who like to read, you know, the equipment to how to deal with, with everyday life. Because, you know, here's the thing, though, and I just want your audience to to understand, you know, where I'm coming from. I'm not doing this for the money. Neither I'm, I mean, neither am I doing this for, you know, for fame or the attention. I'm doing this for the love of people. I'm doing this to really, really reach out to those who really, really have been in, isolated all their life but still know how to, you know, come out of it, how to break that cycle. So, again, it comes all the way back to what I can contribute to the people because sometimes it really, really shouldn't be about us as others. It should be about those who just aren't, you know, fortunate, those who just don't have the um the consistency of hope anymore. And I think as us being, you know, authors and writers, it's our obligation to make sure that mm-hmm. we – go on and feed the people, you know, the world. Because, that's again, it comes all the way back to what Moses did with the children of Israel, how he had to present them mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments. That way they know who they the Redeemer was. So that's what so that, that's what I'm really trying to take, you know, my work. I'm trying to take it directly to the hearts of people. Mm-hmm. Now, is this book a series or is it a standalone book? What a testimony wants to agree in this when I have words, the Lord had wanted me to do um, – you know, book two and book three, which will be, which hopefully I'm looking to release it um the beginning of next year. But it's actually a three-part series, one, two, and three. Oh, it's going to be a three-part series. Okay, that's, that's mm-hmm. great. So um, that series isn't going to be done after they finish the last page of that book. And it looks like I got my girl, Alicia. She is situated in her chair. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on so she can share in this um, interview with us, okay? Hold on one second. Hey, hey, how you doing, girl? Hey, everybody. Hey, Happy I see you. Thursday. <laughs> it's Wednesday, girl. It's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, so, can you hear Alicia? Oh, yes. Hey, Miss Alicia. Hey, how are you, Sunny? I am blessed, and I must say that you are Amazing. That's what the A in your name. That's what the A in your name stands for. Amazing. Amazing, Alicia, and sweet tea. <laughs> he coming up in here with all kinds of nice charms. I love it. I love it. 
Now, uh, Philip, I was just about to ask you a question, and uh, and I know Risha has some questions for you as well. But in addition to the Bible uh, and your walk, what other materials did you did you reference to 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 for your research for this book? Well, you know, like like I've always said, when you think about the um the testimony of one's true greatness, because uh, one thing, see, one thing, uh, one of my favorite comedians is Steve Harvey, and I watch him like um you know every day when I get the chance mm-hmm. to. And I and I remember when he was on um TVN, he was giving his um his testimony. He was talking about like how before he got to the start, and I'm like, you know how he lived in, in cars and how he was actually. Mm-hmm. I, I like to use the thesis, you know, from Rags to Riches. And one thing that he did say, which I kind of like got the inspiration of doing this book, he said that, you know, you really, really cannot have a testimony without actually having a test. So that, so that, so that's what really, really made me want to do this book, the testimony was to bring it to the moment he made that statement and really, really switched a light bulb inside of me by saying, you know what, Philip, you know, all of us have been through a lot of stuff in our lives. So why don't you like write something in which we all can really, really identify with. So that's what really, really, that was one of the main factors that, that made me you know, write this book. Because when he said you can't have a testimony without a test, he was basically saying that you really, really can't go through anything without experiencing something. So that's what really, really made me do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve Harley has some, some, some uh, a lot of great um, attributes that he, he gives to his audience and uh you can kind of receive it at any walk in your life. You know, it affects each one differently. So the way that his is used is worldwide, you know, and everybody seems to know Steve Harvey, and I know he's one of Alicia's favorite um, people to quote as well. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I'm not sure if Alicia still has that um, connection with us. But um, tell me about um, your your publishing. Was publishing this book all that you thought it would be? Even after you've written, I mean, you know, you can sit down and pen as many stories as, as possible, but once you start the whole process of putting it out to the mass of people, it just takes on a different animal. How was that um, evolution for you to go from writing and just actually have it in your hands or well, potentially you know, um... to have it in your hands? <laughs> Well, you know, see, uh, you know, and I, and I can't sit here, you, you know, making excuses, but you know, doing this book was really, really a challenge because, um, you know, when you know, I really, really wanted to try to really, really, you know, write something that was really, really going to connect, you know, with people. Because I remember when I was in uh, in college and I had like a, um, you know, a strict professor, and what we did was we did like a portfolios, and portfolios was like, um, you know, stuff that we have written, you know, books, and we take what we learned, and we kind of, like, revise it. And I learned that um, whenever we did portfolios, we really had to exchange with different professors. And one thing my professor used to say, that whenever you're writing, make sure that your writing connects to your readers because your readers are really, really looking for specific detail. They really, really want to try to feel and experience mm-hmm. what you're trying to project in, which is very, very important, and not only as a writer, but as a musician and also as and act on the actors because you really, really want to try to capture the hearts and the mind of the audience. That's mostly what they're looking for. So mm-hmm. when I when I did this book, I, I I truly understood what I needed to do because when the Lord has spoke to me clearly, He really, really wanted me to do this book where it represent those who really, really experience heartaches and pain. 
And there's certain things that, you know, people really, really don't want to talk about or write about, but at the same time, it is there. It has to be addressed. It's just like a, um, a problem. If you don't address the problem now, then the problem is going to get bigger and bigger, and it's going to get so intense, it's going to wind up, you know, overwhelming or taking over individuals. So, you know, you really want to try to solve the problem before the problem you know, escalates. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Now, Philip, you know, you, you, you've touched on uh, so many different areas in, in one's life. You can just pick and choose one. And and this book sounds like it, it addresses quite a bit. Now, tell me if your book had a theme song. Give me a, a song that, that I can listen to and pretty much just transition into reading this book as smoothly as possible. Give me a song that, that I should read or I should listen to before I crack the spine of your book. Okay, sure. Um, you know, a poem in the book, which is kind of like short, but it really, really gets to the main point. And um, it's on page, well, I have the book of friends, it's on page 86. And the in the title is called The Godly Choice. And what it says, well, I'm going to read the other stanza. It says, Choose these days who you are going to serve, knowing that I serve a kind and loving God who will always and forever preserve. Choose these days who you are going to serve. For God himself had asked me one simple question, which was highlighted in the solely and biblical word. I say again with diligence, Choose these days who you are willing to serve. For whatever God has for me, my soul shall truly deserve. Mm. All right. See, you had that already awesome. ready for me. Like I was supposed to ask uh-huh. that question. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we know, uh, Tia and Alicia, you know, as, as, as a humble author as I am, you really have to be prepared in the moment. So I kind of knew what I wanted to read you guys. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, I have a question for you, Philip. I don't know where do you get your um, inspiration from when you get ready to write your poem? Well, you know, like I always, you know, I always tell us a lot of people that I mostly get my inspiration from, you know, Jesus Christ because, you know, he is the author and the finisher. And, you know, sometimes you really, really have to be motivated by the spirit within and also by life, because the life teaches you so many things that it's, it's kind of like the um, rivers of overflowing water, where you can go out there and get like buckets, but the bucket won't be able to hold all the water because it's, it's overflowing. So that's mostly like uh-huh. my inspiration from, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and also through life. Awesome. Awesome. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Let's chat. You know, as always, you are welcome back anytime. We appreciate you coming in, sharing your inspiration, sharing your journey with us, and sharing your work with us. Before you leave the chat room, make sure you shout out all of your social media and where everybody can pick up your work. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to let you guys know that um, I'm, I'm a part of um, – just to give them a shout-out because – if it was for him, you know, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't know how to do you know, blog radio interviews. But I definitely want to give a shout-out to um, Jerry Royce, Jerry Royce Live Worldwide. And um, I am a part of this um, Positive Power 21 family, which I had the pleasure 
and the privilege of sending him a copy of, well, I'm not going to say it's my book. I'm going to say it's the people's book. It's dedicated to the people. I definitely want to give a shout-out to Uncle Jerry. And those who really want to follow me, I'm on uh, on Facebook. And if you also want a copy of um, the testimonial, once to bring this, is available on buybooksontheweb.com. And it's also available on Amazon. And it's also available on Kindle. So those who want to be, you know, touch, you know, pick up the the book, or and love you that much. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, like Lisa said, spending some time with us tonight. And we wish you all the best. And, you know, you're welcome back here anytime. Oh, thank you. Listen, just say, listen, just inbox me and let me know when you guys want back on. And look like the road run. I'll put the, the super speed up. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank, thank you, guys. We oh, appreciate you. You are great. Yeah, I also want to say uh, you guys keep on doing what you're doing, though, because, um, you know, with, with a young force like this, you can really, really reach a, um, a generation. That's why I commend you guys for doing, you know, what you're doing. Just, just, you know, just, just, just keep the, the hope alive. This is a great thing to store for you guys. But thank you so much. We received that. Thank you so much. Yes. Have a great evening. Okay, Okay, good night. Can you feel his passion, Leash? I'm not sure how much of the interview he caught, but he was passionate about what he does and his journey to to get where he is today is just phenomenal. You know, and he kind of was talking about that. This this Mm -hmm. is the second time he was on the show, so... The first time, mm-hmm. we felt all of his passion, and he was so excited. He has been in my inbox like, I'm ready. I'm ready, and I'm on point. I'm ready for y'all show. <laughs> he was ready, too. <laughs> he was on point. He was. He said, I have three polos that I want to share with you guys. I said, I don't know if you're going to have enough time for three, but we appreciate you wanting to share your work with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he shared a little bit. Uh, it was right on point when I asked that question. And for those who may have come in a little late, please just check our archives and get the top of his interview. He came in ready to go, Leash. That's, that's just how we love it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with the fabulous author, Tina Marie Turner. Okay, you guys, hold on one second, and we'll be right back. Oh, pull up on a bump of that bay roll. Shot him on the go, come a bay roll. Uh, yeah. Anywhere I go, you know the bay roll. Ball on a ball on a ball on a ball on a ball. Pull up on a bump of that bay roll. Shot him on the go, come a bay roll. Anywhere I go, you know the bay roll. I ball in the stove, cause the bay roll. I came out of the street, so the bay roll. You know we gon' eat, cause the bay roll. You know about me, you know the bay roll. And I'll be my nigga bay roll. Yo, ball like a hot boy, a hot boy, a hot boy, a hot boy. Trust in that bitch. 
I'm bought like a hot boy bankroll. Stay fresh than a bitch and you know this. Street make a nigga lose focus. Hit a gate and you gone tomorrow. Get a lot of cold up a street nigga. Living down by the cold, you a street nigga. Hey, I came out of the streets, go to bankroll. You know it's gonna be cause the bankroll. You heard about me, you know the bankroll. And all right, I'm a nigga bankroll. Pull up on the bump in that bankroll. Shot it when I go, come a bankroll. Anywhere I go, you know the bankroll. I ball in the stove cause the bankroll. I came out of the streets, so the bankroll. You know we gon' be cause the bankroll. You know about me, you know the bankroll. And all right, I'm a nigga bankroll. Yo, ball like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy bankroll. Yo, ball like a hot boy, hot boy, hot boy, hot boy bankroll. I came out of the streets, so the bankroll. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Alicia. I'm here with my right hand, and she is definitely my left hand today as well. <laughs> the awesome, fabulous Miss Tony. I appreciate her, y'all. I'm traveling, and she handled it and held it down until I was able to get on the phone. I appreciate you more, sweetie. <laughs> we have our next great guest, Reese. I'm excited to, to catch up with Miss Tina. I love saying her name, Tina Marie. <laughs> yes, because, you know, everybody loves the singer Tina Marie. So, you know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, I just love Tina Marie. But yes. that was just, yeah, it just brings back memories. But she has that name, that name that just, mm-hmm. is just catchy. It just grabs you. It's- it does. It does. Speaking of grabbing, that's on our topic. So let's bring Miss Tina Marie Turner into the chat room and let's chop it up with her. Hi, Tina Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are yeah, good. good. We are Thank good. You. Welcome good. to Let's Chat. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Um, I'm author Tina Marie, and I've published oh, several books. I started out as a self-publisher, and then I signed to Sham Presents, and that's it's been about two years now. I've been writing books and putting them out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, what was going on in, your, in Tina's world that made you feel like, I think that, you know, this is the career path I want to take? Um, I mean, I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, I wrote short stories when I was younger, but I didn't think it would go anywhere. And um, I just got a lot of encouragement to do, do you know, what I wanted, follow my dreams from my mentors. And they really pushed me to just give it a try and keep pushing. And, and then I did it, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I can do this. <laughs> but it is definitely a mm-hmm. learning experience. You learn with every book you write, everything you do. It's a journey. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the... Well, what was the biggest thing that you would um, say that you've learned throughout your journey that you could share with any new and upcoming authors? Uh, the biggest thing I think I definitely learned was have test readers, have somebody read your work, because you it may everything looks good to you. You know what's supposed to go where in your mind. So you're reading over stuff, and you already know the words that should be there. But you may be missing something. It may not make sense to someone else. So always have somebody read over your work and look over your work. That is definitely my my biggest mistake I made with my first book. Mm-hmm. Well, that is true, you know, because sometimes uh, you, you you need that, that other eye, like an editor's eye, 
for a baby's right. eye just to see if you're 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 on the right path, if everything is flowing the way it should flow. Because as authors, you just write. You know, you just write, and as as the words are coming to you, sometimes they come in faster than you can write. So you do need that other eye, and that editor's eye is that editor, as Lisa says, is your best friend. They Absolutely. are, because, you know, I can't that. edit. Oh, go ahead. But not my own work. Go ahead. You can't edit your own work. Right. You, know, you really can't edit exactly. your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just getting ready to say that everybody's reading eye is different. And not, and you have to make sure that it is a editor, you know, like an editor-editor, one that is mm-hmm. aware and they know content editing. They can, you know, do more than just the grammatical or copy editing. They need to be able to help you with the content, help you uh, know when you need to blend something, when something's not transitioning properly, that somebody that can help pull uh, your pen out of you. You know, they have to be able to get blood from a turnip. And Mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of people go to maybe their favorite person they're on or somebody that's good in English, but you need more than that person. You have to have somebody, one, that has that critical eye because everybody's eye, as I was saying, was is different. You have some people that can read for pleasure, but as you get more and more entry in, in the process, your eye becomes so critical, you can't mm-hmm. even, like me, I, I can't read for pleasure. It's very hard to read for pleasure. And even watching movies, it's hard to watch different things just for pleasure because I, cause I'm like, something ain't right when they wrote this or something is missing here. Or, you know, your eyes change. You know, it's like you, you're blind to, to the pleasure portion and you're focused on critiquing everything. Do you find yourself doing that with your work when you're writing? Uh, yeah, definitely. And like when you reread your own stuff and you're reading it as a as a reader, you know, you'll be like, Oh, this is great or you might be like, Oh no, this this is not gonna work <laughs> So it definitely changes once you become a writer. Now I mean, you know, it kinda ruined reading for me. Because sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, Oh, you know, I can't do this <laughs> Or like, you know, this should have been done differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess Absolutely. it would be like if you're an actor and you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, I can, I, that's not supposed to happen. You kind of start to know things that you didn't know before, that you would have never caught on to mm-hmm. before. Absolutely. It's funny you should say acting because a lot of actors don't actually look at their work once it's done. You know, every time they talk about it on an interview, well, have you seen the movie? And they usually, the answer is no. So you brought up a good comparison. And, and I didn't always read my book. It took me a long time to, when I had to do a part two, when I had to do my first part two, I reread my part one. And I said, oh, this book is really good. <laughs> so I hadn't really reread my work before. I just was writing uh-huh. it and shipping it off to the, to the editor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, but, you know, when those you ship readers, it off to the editor, they, they know where you're in. That's right. Well, now, when you ship it off to the editor and they send it back to you, do you uh, reread it? Do you go over it that final time or send it? We got a little background noise. Or send it to uh, any of your your readers to just go over it before you send it in to the publisher? Do you, like, give it that once over before you let it go? Um, For me, I I do now, but I didn't really at first because I was so concerned with timelines and, 
and deadlines. I didn't really think about that stuff. So I was just trying to get it done and fix what they said to fix. But now I'm much more picky. And I definitely read over mm-hmm. all my stuff and, and double check it and, you know, make sure that what they're telling me to change is actually correct. You can't just always accept the editor's change. You have to know. Mm-hmm. And not if it's grammatical, yeah, you accept that. But if it's something that they don't understand or they don't like how it sounds, you may have to keep that because it may be relevant to your story. Mm-hmm. And that's where the relationship between an author and an editor is needs to be really that bond needs to be tight because you have to be on the same page so that they can bring the best out of your pen, like Wisha was saying. You know, uh-huh. share that vision and see it, see it at the end and make sure you guys are on the same path. And that's what I do with my authors. <laughs> Absolutely. She has got that hardcore red pen. <laughs> and she do. I try. I have no problem. And you gain that reputation as pulling that out, the best of that pen, you know. Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about your story. What can we expect from um, your vision? Um, I'm here. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the last part of the question. You cut out. Tell us what we can expect from your story. Um, from what I have coming up, I have a lot of stuff actually coming up in December. So I have um, a part two to a children's book or a teen book that I actually did last year. Um, so that's going to be coming up. I have a, a mentorship book for women. So that's actually releasing in a week. And I have some more urban books coming up, two of them coming this month. So I'm really excited about releasing all that in December. Wow. That's a lot in December. That's kind of like what the topic that Lisa gave us tonight, grabbing and holding the reader. Um, How have you um, maintained as far as, you know, keeping your readers riveted to your story? How how do you uh, make sure that they stay interested in in what's coming up next for Miss Tina Marie? Um, I think the main way, you have to personalize them with your characters. So once you drop something, you know, I put out pictures of my characters. I give sneak peeks, different little stories, just to try to keep them engaged and interested while they're waiting on mm-hmm. the next thing. That's something they can relate now to. You miss- Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you wrote a children's book. How was that? How was that process, that change-up from writing um, for for adults um, and then stepping into the world of a child and being able to write something that they can relate to? Well, they're actually for teenagers, so it wasn't for young children. There's not any pictures, luckily. Um, so uh-huh. that made it a little easier. <laughs> but uh-huh. the main thing you have to think about is a young person's focus is not long. So you have to make your books a little shorter. You have to get straight to the point because they don't have a lot of patience. You know, they don't always want to read. You have to make it real interesting for them. Mm-hmm. That and you have to find something relatable. Just find a topic that's relatable to young people. So that's, that's mm-hmm. really it. You can't write about what you would write about for an adult because might, it might be over their head or they might not want to hear it. 
and it has to Absolutely. be clicked with that you, attention span. <laughs> in short, yeah. How do you market that to the teenagers? Um, it's you, actually the, the books. Do you? Yeah, the books I've written are you. Um, they're in a lot of schools. They're in actually a lot of um like detention centers for kids actually because of the topics that I wrote about. So they're real popular in, in those settings. I've had schools ask me to come and speak, even in Canada. Oh, nice. That's nice. So the best way to oh, catch that audience is, um, no, I'm not, but I've had people ask me to come over there and speak at their schools. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. I'm actually not far from Canada. <laughs> it's so I can, drive, I can drive over. <laughs> drive over. It's not that far. It's like about an hour away. Oh, you oh, up, so you're up there. Yeah, I'm in Michigan. Are you? A are you York, a... so. Oh, okay. That is awesome. So, do you see yourself writing full time? Uh, I do see myself writing full time. Hopefully, within a year. Okay. So, if we were here talking. A year from now, we were talking about the things that you accomplished in 2016. What are some of the things that we would talk about um, outside of the books that you have coming? Um, I think my biggest accomplishment is finishing my first series in 2016, My Heart Beats For You, and it was a five-star series. It got a lot of good reviews. Um, people either loved or hated my main character, <laughs> But even if they hated him, they still read the book. So that was just like a big accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that about oh, yeah, he, my heartbeat for you? It's, it's a book. It's an urban romance. It's about um, a young girl, Anaya, and she she's living like a regular life. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to get into somebody who just had everything already. I wanted to make it realistic. So she mm-hmm. has a young daughter. And she's struggling, you know, she's going to school, working. But her job is just, you know, part-time. She doesn't make a lot of money. So she she has her lights turned off, and she meets her neighbor, and he's just like a real jerk. Yeah, you know, he has money, and <laughs> he thinks that women <laughs> he thinks that women are, like, just no good. Yeah, all, he thinks all mm-hmm. women are no good. I mean, just every mm-hmm. woman, basically. And he, he likes her daughter, so he, like, forms a friendship with her daughter, and he just thinks that she's, like, just garbage. <laughs> But, but he really he likes her, but he's scared. You know, he's in love with her, but he's scared to show it. Mm-hmm. Ah, so they have yeah, to kind of like like my life. Absolutely. Yeah, they have to go through ups and downs. <laughs> he has a scarred past, so. And you mm-hmm. only been writing for two years. Yeah, two years. Oh wow. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Now you mentioned uh that you were you do mentoring and you go in and out of schools. How did you get into the mentoring part of um your journey? Oh God, really a part of it is my job. I've just been introduced to like some amazing people and had the opportunity to meet people like um uh, Eric Thomas and uh Tony Robbins, you know, those kind of mentors. I've had a chance to meet them through my company and spend time with them. And um, Lisa Nicole Cloud, she's actually an actress on um, a reality TV show. She's one of my mentors, and she's really, like, brought me through a lot of stuff. 
and encouraged me to just get into it because a lot of people need somebody. Absolutely. That is absolutely right. So our topic today is grabbing the, the art of grabbing a reader, grabbing and holding the reader. What are some of the things that you do in your book to make sure that you're grabbing and holding uh, the reader from beginning to end? Um, I would definitely say you have to leave, leave them something for next time. So if you're doing like a, a part one and you end the book, you have to really give them something to look forward to in part two. Mm-hmm. So when you end, you know, you end that, you got to give them some suspense, like, well, what's going to happen next? You can't give them everything in the, in the first book. Especially if it's a series. That's right. And when you end Absolutely. the book, I think if it's a, a part three, you know, or a part four, you're ending your story, you have to get them something to make them feel good inside. <laughs> like, oh, you know, even if it, it didn't work out all the way, you got to make people smile and make them say, oh, this book really touched me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, what are, if you could give, um, we'll do a fun one. So you were able to write in in an anthology, and you were able to pick four people to write in the anthology with you. I want you to tell us who would you pick and why you would choose that particular author, dead or alive, to write with you. Um. (laughs) If I had to pick an author to write with me, it would be uh, Dead or Alive. Author Natasia, out of anybody, Dead or Alive, because she is just so funny. She just, mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite authors, and she's very funny. And I would want my book to have that because I'm not really a funny person. I need somebody to bring that, that funniness into the book. I'm serious. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's one. Who else? Oh, God, who else? Mm. They could be dead or alive. They don't have to be alive. So you can um, go all the way back as far as you want. Uh, there's this author, Catherine Coulter, and she writes historical romance. So I would want her in the anthology as well because her women characters or female characters are always strong. They're always doing something to get out of some situation. You know, she really has a brilliant I like mind. Her. I like her book. Oh, see, I didn't think you would know who she was. Look at that. That's one of my favorite authors. Pony oh, <laughs> reads everything. <laughs> right, and that's how I am. So okay. I read everything. <laughs> see? Okay, now that's two. Who else? You got two more. Oh, two more. Hmm. I don't know. I think I don't know. We could throw Stephen King in there just to give you know people a little horror, make it make a mystery oh, out yeah. of it. That's right. Mix it up a little on. bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> make sure they look it over <laughs> their shoulder. Mm. And one more. Oh, one more. Oh, maybe Zane. We'd have to put Zane in there so we could get some sex scenes because I'm not getting that. Oh, get so. that sexy on. <laughs> okay, so yeah. so you said two things that you are not good at. So as an author, you can't say what you're not good at. I want you to be in 2017. When you come back on here, I want you to be like, y'all, let me tell y'all about this scene I wrote. <laughs> not only was it funny, 
but y'all, let me tell y'all, I had them. It was I was I didn't even think I could write that. I need you to get in there, get in that lab, and practice and just. I need you to write a sex scene. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. I need you to <laughs> let it go. How they say? <laughs> just release. All right. I'm, I'm going to get in the lab and make that happen for 2017. Just let the ink flow. Just let the ink flow. And <laughs> hey, you know, our motto here is if it's going to be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, just send them to Starbucks for some coffee. <laughs> oh, that's right. But I think as a, you know, what I from what I heard, a lot of authors struggle with those kind of scenes. It's not just me. And I don't know. Some people mm-hmm. love it. Some people just, you know, it's like hit it and quit it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm gonna work on it. Oh no, you didn't do that. Hit it and quit it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we appreciate you stepping into the chat room and taking time out and sharing your journey and your work with us. Tell us what you have coming on the horizon, any events you have coming up, and make sure you shout out all of your social media. Um, coming up for December, I have a book event um, on the 18th. In Baltimore, so we're advertising that all over our faith. So we have that event at the Radisson, um, the Harbor Radisson. And I think my next book event so far is in April. I'll be at uh, the SOL book event, Sisters on Lit. And travel-wise, I think that's it for right now unless something else comes up. Um, my Facebook mm-hmm. is, you can find me, author Tina Marie. And same thing with Instagram. And all my books are there, my links. Um, I have an author page on Amazon, author Tina Marie. My, you know, my bio's there and, and all my work as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, kids, before you leave the chat room, we have a hand up. You feel like taking a quick call? Yeah, I'll take a um, caller. That's fine. Okay. You're going to bring in 302-505. What's your name and where you calling from? Hello? You're on the chat. We're going to put them back in the queue. They may not be ready to talk. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we so appreciate you, Tina, and you are welcome back anytime. Just let me know when you got something cooking and you want to come and chit-chat about it here on Let's Chat, and I'm either Tony or myself will make that happen for you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both very much, and I enjoyed my time. You guys have a great night. Thank you. you are we enjoyed you as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great evening. Okay, we're going to be looking for them sex scenes now. We're looking for them sex scenes. All right. And, All right. They, they're going to be in the inbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Tina Marie. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You too. You're okay, good night. <laughs> oh, that, that was a great interview, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with my right hand, and absolutely my left hand, the 
fabulous Miss Coney. We're talking that talk today with these others about grabbing and holding the reader. We had two fabulous interviews. If you're just tuning in and you missed those interviews, no worries. You can head over and catch our archives here on blogtalk.com, or you can catch us on iTunes. That's right. Let's chat. It's available as a podcast on iTunes. You can take it anywhere you go. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with the fabulous Jasmine Parker. Okay, hold on, everybody. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Gotti. To my muscle, bitch, I'm living. Yo, God, it told me he got work. I said, OG, let's get it. They do my dirt with no co-defendant. I know they switching 30 inch wheels, but he broke. That boy got no ambition. I was 16, triple beam, leaning on it. No, the street couldn't hold me. They triple teaming on me. I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bag. Now I'm shopping with my bitch. All she want is Chanel. Went to sleep, count sheep. I woke up counting money. If it's right for the price, tell him I can run it. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss me. Started whipping, whipping, whipping. Now look how I'm living. Chili in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that Walker Flocker got that flame on. Took it with my rich homie. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. I really do this shit for real. A hundred twenty carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. But I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. Four thousand thirty-two grams, say one. Home damage chain, that's what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled your boy damn fool. Twenty-two's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer. Homie, still a real nigga, yeah, and I do real shit, man. West fucking round with star shift to my whole creek. Run down the spring, see a nigga, get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake, and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it, you are now tuned in to the mother uh uh-uh, greatest Right and Royalty Radio. We are back. We are back. I'm going to have to fix that. But, yes, we we did start off all at Right and Royalty Radio. Then we went to Real Raw Radio. And we have less chat in Real Raw Radio. So, I am going to fix that evolution. We'll have a new, yes, evolution, <laughs> growth. It's always a good thing. So I will have that fixed for 2017. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we have.
have our next guest in the queue. She is waving to pull up into the chat room. We're going to bring her on in, Miss Jasmine Parker. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, how are you, ladies? How are you? I'm doing good. Absolutely. Okay, now for everybody that does not know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Um, well, I am uh, Jasmine Parker, pen name Jazz. Um, my first novel was a uh, national bestselling, A Favorite Type of Love. Um, I'm a publisher and owner of Parker Dynasty Publications, and I also have a book expo coming up in Baltimore called The Be More Urban Lit Experience. Go, girl. I know that's right. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, so tell us about your journey because you you're an author, you're a publisher. What how did what was going on that made you want to write? And then what was the process or things uh, happening at the point that made you want to become a publisher? I got um, Well, as far as me being a writer, I've always wrote, like, when I was younger, I wrote poems, and then I was an avid, well, I've always been an avid reader. I would read two books, but I think what inspired me and what made me pick up my pen would definitely be the Thug series with Miss Lady P. I shout her out all the time because she's my inspiration. She's the one that made me be like, oh, my God, I want to cry. I mean, I want my, you know, readers to cry the way her readers, and I cried when she killed off Thug and brought him back. <laughs> that was the breaking point for me. So yes, she killed. She killed them and brought them back. Yes, and I'm the type of person like I've never been able to deal with death. So the whole book I'm reading, and I'm like, you cannot just leave her like this. Like I'm hurt up until from when he supposedly died until he came back. Like I was crying throughout the book. And when she brought him back, I was like, wow. And when I was done the book, it was like, I got I got to do this. Like, this is something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Wow. That kind of goes into our topic, Leach. <laughs> exactly. So let's switch gears a little bit because you are a publisher. So mm-hmm. our topic today is grabbing and holding readers. What are some? What is some advice you would give um authors that may find themselves having a harder time um, grabbing their readers and holding them throughout their books? Um, well, we always say we love for the story to flow. Um, to grab me, I have to have some type of tragedy, some type of drama, some type of mystery within that first chapter. Like the first chapter can't be something plain and, oh, we're at the store, we're just, you know, cuddling, whatever. It just can't be plain. It has to come in with something that makes you want to go to chapter two. And, um, I just think to have a page turner, you have to have drama, but you have to have it in the right way. Like, your book can't just be all over the place where the reader is catching a headache, like, how did we get here? And being very descriptive, like, I want to feel like I'm in a book. I want to feel like I became your character. So character development, um, story outlining, just taking time with the process and not rushing it is definitely what gives you a bestseller. Mm-hmm. You definitely can't rush perfection. 
No, sometimes you just need that time. You need that time to grow with your characters and let them grow with you and let them live with you for a little while and, and get to know each other through and through because that's what keeps that's what keeps me as a reader. You know, I want to feel that author's passion with each one of those characters. I want to be able to see those characters when I walk the street and still feel them. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Um, and that's why we also do, like, with my authors, I try to make sure that they do character development and um, chapter outlines before even starting their, uh, you know, storyline. Because with me, character development is so important. Like, I have, you know, worksheets that we do where it's like, I want to know what his colors of his eyes is, when he get mad, how does he react, when he get quiet. And I think character development embeds the characteristics in you. So when you're writing, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, he's about to get mad right now. Either he's going to zap out or he's going to get extra quiet or he's going to do whatever he does, you know. That's so Absolutely. true. This is Tony. You know, sometimes we forget to say who we are because the people say that we sound so much alike. But this is Tony, um, Jasmine. But character development, I think it can make or break a book because if your characters aren't developed or if they're halfway, half, half, I want to just put it out there, half-ass developed, you're gonna lose a you're gonna lose a reader, and you're not gonna be able to pull them in because the one thing that a reader has a long time memory is is a bad book, and that word mm-hmm. of mouth can spread the word of a bad book quickly, like like fire. Yes, yes, that's definitely true. In a rush book, a book that don't make no sense, you don't even know what the purpose of the book is. I always tell my authors to make sure that before you give me a storyline, you have a purpose. What is the purpose that you're trying to tell with this story? You know, it's not just for entertainment because I feel like stories with long jeopardy has a meaning to it, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's so true. That's so true. Very true. Now, how many authors do you have? Um, Currently, we have three. We're a small company, but we're definitely family. It's okay. You had three, two, or one, no matter how small you are. That is okay. Now, your event, tell us a little bit about that. Um, the Be More Urban Lit Experience, we have authors coming from all over, Oregon, Florida, Jersey, uh, Miami, uh, everywhere we have national best-selling authors. We have authors just starting out. We have authors with publications. We have authors self-published. Um, my purpose of this event was to share a positive light on my city, which is Baltimore. Of course, everybody know how crazy we are, but they don't know how much talent that this city holds. So I definitely wanted to bring a spotlight to the authors here. Um, I also wanted to be able to help young people, older people, anybody that is aspiring to be an author. We have a panel, you know what I'm saying, that's going to give you all details, the good and the bad, you know, why publication fits for some and why some are solo, you know, how we started our journey, what helped us, what hurt us, you know, what hindered us and everything above. Mm-hmm. Now, is this your first Absolutely. event, Jasmine? Uh, my first hosting event, yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. as an author yourself um, and a publisher wearing both hats, what advice would you give up-and-coming um, 
authors or ones that are aspiring to write? Um, to do your research and do your research. Like if you're if you want to be with a publication, do your research on them. Um, don't go at it as you would a reader and be like, oh, I want to go to this publisher because she's a good writer. Because all writers, you know, all authors aren't good publishers. They may be the best authors in the world, but they might not be good publishers. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say, um, your publisher reflects you as you reflect them. So I wouldn't come in the game and I wouldn't, you know, just go for anybody that's willing to waive me a contract because we all know it's contracts being waived every day and they ain't even reading your work. So, so you I would talk definitely that talk. Talk. <laughs> That's great advice you just gave. Like, you know, to me, writing is not a a career. Like, some people might be like, oh, that's how you get money. That's your career. No, a career you can come home from. You can go to sleep. As a writer, this is a lifestyle. We wake up in the middle of the night. You know what I'm saying? We don't just get eight to nine Mm -hmm. hours and get our work and get paid. No, we put years into this. Some people may put weeks, some people may put months, but. You know, most of us, we putting time and time into this, and we working full-time jobs. So I would never want mm-hmm. to see another author be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jasmine, this is Tony. You you sound so young, but you are sitting over there on a wealth of information and knowledge, and I am so glad that you're sharing it with us here on Let's Chat, girl. You are talking that talk. But, you know, you have Thank shared you. so much with us, and you have – laid it out on the table, do you have a bunch of list as to what it is that you want to, um, what else that you want to accomplish? What's in your bucket list? So share it with me, Alicia, and our listeners. <laughs> um, I just want to be successful, and I just want to, you know, have my authors be successful. One thing for me, success means, like, as a publisher, success means for my authors to be successful. Because if they're successful, I'm going to be successful with them. You know what I'm saying? It's a 50-50 mm-hmm. situation. So more so just um, keep prospering. Um, stability is my main concern in life, so that's what makes me go hard. I'm also a graphic designer. I don't know how I left that out, but I, I got like, <laughs> about four incomes already. I'm only 22, and uh, Bill Gates said I need seven to get like him, and that's where I'm working. Like, girl, you that's are on right. your way. You better talk about it, honey. That's right. <laughs> Now, tell us about your graphic design company. How long have you been doing graphics, and what made you decide to go into that um, particular industry? Um, well, I've been doing graphics, I say, this, as long as I've been writing, because when I first started writing my book, you know, I was just a reader. I didn't have the connections I have now, so I was like, I'm going to put uh-huh. this book out. Amazon is going to take it, and when I called Amazon, they was like, oh, well, we have graphic designers, but we they charge like $3,000 to do. I said, you know what? I'm going to get Adobe and <laughs> learn myself, <laughs> and that's, that's what right. I did. And um, once I, I just, like, grew a uh, love for it, and I actually didn't start selling my graphics until about a year or, you know, a year after I learned how to do them. So I didn't just jump out there like, mm-hmm. hey, I learned something new. Let me start selling it. I actually try mm-hmm. to perfect anything before I bring it out into the public. Wow. You're listening to that and, um, okay. and you're listening to this wonderful Jasmine Parker, she is just 
just sitting over there with a wealth of talent as well as information. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask her, just press your one and we'll bring you into the chat room. My name is Tony, and I'm joined by my wonderful, phenomenal co-host, Mrs. Leisha. And, uh, Jasmine, I'm enjoying what you're sharing with us because, you know, you you just you, you blowing my mind, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. So we always like to do fun questions because we do like to um, allow readers just to get to know a little bit about the person um, behind the pen, the one that that's pinning our favorite uh, books and just just giving those those favorite favorite reads. So I I know you talked about a book uh, where she killed off a character and brought the character back. Now, what is one of your favorite characters um, and the books that they were in that they were killed off? And as a reader, how did you feel when the author took out your favorite character? Um, You know what? I'm going to tell you, my memory is bad, so I can't give you a name. Um, who got killed off? And I, 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 oh my God, I've read so many books, and I know I threw a book and was like, I'm not even reading the next part. (laughs) (laughs) I I know everybody was mad at the Carter. Like, I don't even know why they came out with a six after they did what they did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a couple, I can't really think of any off of the top of my head, and I'm mad Mm because I'm a reader. That's all right. <laughs> but you know, how did you feel though? You said like you said I threw the book, and I was like, I'm not even gonna read it. Oh, that I was book. hurt. I felt, and I tell you, this is how I know that they was good authors because I actually felt like I lost somebody I love. Like, and you know, my ex at the time, my dude at the time, he would be like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'd be sitting there like crying tears. I can't believe they killed him. Why did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. And then sometimes it's like a lost friend. You know, I just I, at the top of the show, I was telling people that I had just finished Peter Max Affiliated Series Part Three, and the way he has it situated is that, you know, everything's happened, but it happened. Like behind the scene, he's giving you the behind the scenes stories as well, so you see what's going on, and it culminates at the end where it all comes together. But in part three, parts one and two, I had fallen in love with with Brock. Brock James, he's one of the main characters, and I kind of missed him in part part three. He didn't come back in until at the end. So I'm excited and I'm waiting patiently, and I say that word Lucy patiently for the next book to drop, so I can see what Mr. James has been up to. Because you do find yourself falling in love with certain characters, and you get hurt when they die, or they get hurt, or they get killed off. I'm and not going to resented of Arthur. Like I didn't even want to be their friend after I read. Like. <laughs> No, why did you do that? Like, I felt like I was doing some misery stuff. Like, you know what? If I ever see you, this is yes. <laughs> but that's the beauty of a pen. That's, that's when you're that's, that's the artist's exactly. pen. That's the art. Yeah. That's how you know when they have that grabbing and holding a reader. You know, and everybody hasn't tapped into that yet, but some can tap in. And I think. Sometimes it's that they forget that readers are emotional, 
and you have to have mm-hmm. that emotional connection in your book to grab that reader and hold them. You got to have something right. emotional, somebody they hate, break up their favorite relationship, you know, have somebody catching up on their favorite character's man. It's like, well, who is she? And that's what or they I cheat on their on they cheat or something. It's like, no, I can't believe he did that. Uh-huh. That's what I did with uh I that's what I did with a forever type of love. With forever a forever type of love. I made the character that got okay, it was two characters that got killed off. One of them you love and then one of them you hate. So it's like I'm sad, but I'm happy that such and such died. And then the way I ended the book, I got so much, like, threats in my inbox. Like, oh, my God, where's part two? Why would you do that? (laughs) So, yes, it's definitely about making me mad, I would say. And I literally, like, when I write Yes, when I write, I be thinking, like, oh, my God, what, what's going to make them come for me? Like, because I want you to come for me. So I can be like, I knew you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's my when message. When they're in their feelings, that's what you want. <laughs> you want yes. them happy, sad, upset, ready to, to, to cut you off. But you know what? I'd rather have a mad and upset than happy because when you're mad, you're going to remember you're mad. You're going to remember why you're mad. You're going to remember that you need part two so you can be happy again. But you keep them coming right. back, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I love diving in a good book and feeling those emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know that. Um, now, as an author and a publisher, you, you, you have, because you just said they'd be coming for you, so you have those ultimate readers that you have <laughs> shown them that you have the art of holding and grabbing them. So when it comes to reviews, what are some of the things that you tell your authors um, when they don't get a favorable review? Um, I tell them to really look at the review and before you, you know, get in your feelings about it, is it something that you can utilize in the next book to know not to do? You know, they might say, oh, well, the middle was dragging too far. Now, some might say that, and that's because they want drama on every page. But like we just said, it's all about character development. So some, you know, stages of the book, you're not going to get the drama. You're going to get just to get to know the character. So I tell them not to take it too serious, but if you're going to take anything from it, take the criticism that's going to make the next book better. Mm, that's the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can. And then at the same time, you know, you got people out here that don't even read the book and, and they just review it. Like I've had authors um, get a review and they talk about a character that ain't even in the book. So you really can't take it that serious. (laughs) Now, this is Tony. I want to give you a fun question. You know, um, I like to to kind of, you know, end and and just leave it on a great note. Now, I'm driving on the highway next to you, and your characters are in your head, and you're talking to them as you're driving along. If I was to pull up next to your car, what character would you be going back and forth all heated in and intense with? What what character would that be that you would have you sitting in your car talking to yourself? Envy. 
Oh. And why is that? No game. Because she don't play no chill. Hot-headed. She don't play. She don't take no disrespect. And you might not even be disrespecting her, but you ain't respecting her enough, and she don't give (laughs) up. She going to make herself known and heard, huh? Yes. And what would be some of the things that she would be saying? Tell, tell us a little bit about her. Um, well, Envy is a pistol playing. She likes to play with pistols, so she wouldn't be doing much talking. Oh. She don't like to talk. When she get mad, she takes action. All right, now I'm just going to keep my little car moving on along. <laughs> I don't need no drive-by. <laughs> Absolutely. And now, because you get, I can tell that you're a passionate author, and the one thing I love is to feel the author's skin. Like, that's actually a requirement when I'm reading anything, whether I'm proofreading or I'm reading, trying to read for pleasure. Sometimes that's hard because my my eye is so critical, but I have to be able to feel that author's skin. I have to be able to feel their passion. What mm-hmm. are some of the... um things that you do uh, when you're developing your characters to make sure that you are um, in sync with the characters themselves? Um, one of the things, I, I really, like, base my characters off of real-life experiences. So I might have, now, if the dude is completely uh, F-dude, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 F-boy, then he's most likely one of my exes. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when, you, when you have an ex, you know him like the back of your hand, so you already got them characteristics down. And you best believe he probably dying somewhere in this book because I couldn't do it in real life. <laughs> You got them dying, girl. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Get back at him. And you're going to well, die because of this. Wow. Now, Jasmine, you know, you've had a quite an uh, illustrious journey with so many different different lanes that you can actually drive down. What has been your favorite skill that you have picked up? So far, um, I would definitely have to say writing. I love writing. Yeah, I love it with a passion. And I never knew I was a writer until I wrote my first book. But I'm, I'm really like, I guess characters been living in my head. I just ain't never put them on paper because I would like if you make me mad, like my technique of not getting ratchet is just playing out what I would do to you in my head that I know I couldn't do. So writing is very, you know, releasive. Like when I'm mad, I don't have to go to jail. I could just write you in this book real quick and kill you off. Ooh, graphically, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my family members be calling me. My sister be calling me like, and I know who that was. <laughs> Read it between the lines. <laughs> Y'all better be careful now. 
And as a writer, I think, like, it's so hard for us. Like, you know, you used to get the tea before you was a writer. Now your friends are very conscious about calling you. Like, my sister will call me, and she's like, look, you know, B, I'm going to tell you something that my boyfriend just did. But when I read your next book, I do not want what you mean. You can't tell me that. It's right. <laughs> don't, don't put my business in your book. What you mean? Nobody knows that it's you. It's like, now look, it's some personal stuff. I don't want to read about it in your stuff. That's why I'm like, tell you nothing. Because I always got to read about it. I didn't tell them your name. They didn't know it was you. <laughs> your boyfriend is He ain't never going to read. <laughs> he ain't got no clue that you done told me that this was him. He won't never know. He ain't never going to read a book unless you go to jail anyway. And by that time, y'all ain't going to be together, so it ain't even no problem. (laughs) So that's that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Some funny stuff right there. (laughs) Absolutely. We so appreciate you, Jasmine, taking time out and coming to kick it with us in the chat room. I want you to shout out your social media. Um, the books that everybody can get that you've written. Um, then you got to shout out your publishing company as well as your event um, coming up in Baltimore. Okay, well, my Facebook is Jasmine Parker, um, abbreviation Jazz, I mean, author is Jazz, sorry. Um, my book is A Forever Type of Love. Right now, it is on paperback, published under Shan. Um, but soon it will be re-released under my company, which is Parker Dynasty Presents. Um, and definitely check out our um, authors that are coming out with bangers this January and February. Um, again, that's Parker Dynasty Presents. And our event is Be More Urban Lit Experience, um, which is on December the 18th at 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. We have a ton of free giveaways and a ton of games and a panel for a Inspiring authors, and it's a free event, so we welcome everyone. It's open to the public. Awesome. That sounds like it's going to be really nice. Thank you. And it, also, you can get your tickets and more information on the location on Eventbrite. Just look up Be More Urban Lit Experience. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, once again, for joining us. It has been a pleasure getting to know you and, and to share in your journey. So we appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure um, talking to you ladies. You had me cracking up, and now I'm about to go watch my empire. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> you have a good night as well, Jasmine. We appreciate you. Good night. You're welcome back anytime. Good night, <laughs> Absolutely. Good night. Okay, good night. <laughs> I love her energy, Lee. She has a lot going Absolutely. on to be only 22 years old. Yes, definitely. Y'all know that. You better work, honey, work. Like she said, mm-hmm. that's only a couple couple streams of income. She needs seven to be a, you know, so she got to do what she got to do. And I, I see her over there making her move. So shout Me out too. to Jasmine, doing what she does Making with it her happen. pen and with her authors. That's right. We appreciate you guys coming to kick with us and stream in on Let's Chat. Make sure you join us tomorrow for our Mind, Body, and Soul Thursday. Mm, that's going to be good. And don't forget, our last show of the year is next Friday. 
Leisha and I are going to be taking some time off uh, for the holidays. And that last show of the year, Leisha, I'm excited for it. You know, that's going to be, we're yes. going to go out with a bang, girl. That last Friday show, Let we're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> the last show of the year is 18 and up. I'm just saying, 18 and up, it is a submissive uh, versus dominant or a dom uh, show. We're going to mm-hmm. have a dominatrix on. We're going to have Arthur Peter Mack on. We're going to be talking that talk about subs and doms and the lifestyle of BDSM. Sure, y'all tune mm-hmm. in to let's chat on the 16th. It is going down. Absolutely. 18 and up, guys. Yes, 18 and up. No children. No children on that show. They, that's going to be too much. No children. <laughs> right, no children on that show. It's going to be too much. It's grown folks. That's some. It's going to be some grown folks business. So we appreciate mm-hmm. you guys tuning in and kicking in with us on Let's Chat. And we will see you guys tomorrow for Mind, Body, and Soul Thursday. All right. Good night, everybody, and thanks again for joining us. Good night. Just cause you say tears, it's not like I'm crying, pretty baby. Oh, cause I'm fine for a call.